Hello, my name is Ken, and I want to welcome you back to Deep Waters. This podcast is brought to you by Applied Strengths Ministry, where we believe working together in our strengths is the effect of working out the will and calling of God in our lives. The title of this message is Death, Door Done. This is a multi-episode series in which this is episode two of three. Now, if you remember in the first message, I said, we are not of this world, John 15, 19. We do not love the things in the world, 1 John 2, 15. We hate our mothers, fathers, whatever it takes, Luke 14, 26. To run the race, 1 Corinthians 9, 24, 27. As if to win the prize, Hebrews 12, 1. Do you now see why you shouldn't trust you, John 2, 25. And the sway of the ruler of this world, 1 John 5, 19, John 12, 31, 14, 30, and 16, 11. Now I included in the grand finale of scriptures in this paragraph above that addresses this world and our newly authentically born again position to it. Now when you see this, you will or should understand that you are a newly created love to this world. And so all things have passed away. Yes, they have died the death of the birth of the new saint in God. 1 Corinthians 5.17 John 18.36 states, Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, My servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. He knew he wasn't from this painful place where everything and everyone lives under the sway of the wicked one. 1 John 5.19 So in John 8.23 it states, And he said to them, You are from beneath. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. He made a distinction between us and them and told us, that because we are in him, we are also not of this world, because we are like him. Romans 6, 3, 11, 8, 1, 8, 2, 9, and 10. We are dead and alive at the same time, and yet we don't cry at the loss of our old life, do we? Not as authentically born-again believers. And why? Because we understand what is going on in this world. Because the Bible is pretty clear in telling us that it is not the events as much as it is the consistent and predictable behavior of mankind. The acts of history tell no lies. Only man does, in his feeble attempts to get what he wants in the moment. When you recognize the condition of mankind is unchangeable and less in Christ, then you see why the horrors of World War I didn't stop World War II from happening. And if World War I didn't work, then World War II will not stop the next one either. Predictably predictable, consistently consistent. So before moving away from this, look at what Jesus stated in Luke. Luke 12, 49, 50. I came to send fire on earth, and how I wish it were already kindled. But I have a baptism to be baptized with, and how distressed I am until it is accomplished. Now what did he see that we struggle to see? We wanted to save the planet that he intends on destroying. In fact, back 2,000 years ago. He wished that it had already happened. Is it possible that he saw the coming pain and suffering that mankind would have to continue to go through if he let it continue while at the same time knowing he needed to be murdered in order to save the saints of God and to take his rightful place in the future history? If you don't get that death is the door that completes your journey on this planet, then you are in for a surprise. Jesus walked through it so we could follow. Did he not say, O death, where is your sting? 1 Corinthians 15.55 So now we face a stingless death. 
because he died and rose again. Yes, he rose again, proving that death could not hold him. And if it cannot hold him, it cannot hold anyone found in him. John 18, 36. I will no longer talk much with you, for the ruler of this world is coming, and he is nothing in me. So we see that there is another ruler of this world, and that it is his influence on the flesh that causes us issues. Heaven has no more tears, Revelation 21.4. And why not now? Doesn't that apply to the believer? Are we not now seated with him, Ephesians 2.4.7? Yes, of course we cry, and will, and should do so. But crying to allow grief and sorrow to purify our walk with him, and to cause us to question everything he taught us, is not the tears you should be shedding. John 15.19 If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. You are sad because your fill-in-the-blank left this world with all of its pain, suffering, and sorrow? We want them to come back to us, asking them to leave their encounter in heaven, something we all dream of going. And for what? As a believer, this should not make any sense to us. Romans 12:2, And do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We are being prepared to live in the kingdom of God, a holy and perfect place, where the King of kings and the Lord of lords will reign forever and ever, the perfect ruler for all ages. This earth is sinking, so don't grab the rail for God's sake and for yours. Jump off. 1 Corinthians 7.31 and those who use this world as not misusing it, for the form of this world is passing away. Oh, but Lord, if you could just send my so-and-so back to the passing away world for me, and for me alone, I would wish that. I know this sounds like I don't have any thought towards the pain of others, and if you know me just a little, you would know that this is not the case. My role is to equip you for the work of ministry, and to make disciples. I am very single-minded in this mission. It took a lot of pain and loss to get to the place where I more fully understood my purpose. Every time I go into a church and see what I see, I groan in the absence of saint preparedness. I now know that there will be pastors who will say, but we are equipping the saints for the work of ministry. I would say, invite me and let's check it out. I've said it before. If you are, if you are, then you should be the Book of Acts model church for this generation. And your neighborhood should confirm that you are a Book of Acts church. Now in the following story, we see again a non-death response from Jesus regarding Lazarus. In fact, so much so that in John 11:11 he states, These things he said, and after that he said to them, Our friend Lazarus sleeps, but I go that I may wake him up. What? This must be a mistake, right? Maybe Jesus just used the term sleep, considering it meant the same thing as death. Nope. We should visit Matthew and get his perspective on what Jesus said in his witness. Matthew 9.24 He said to them, Make room, for the girl is not dead, but sleeping. And they ridiculed him. Again? Perhaps he is telling us a clue in that they must be sleeping, because if he brought them back from heaven, there may be great protests, so much so that those who woke them would be overcome with guilt for bringing them back to this place. Not sure, but maybe, hmm? So I know we have two witnesses, but because one of them is Jesus, perhaps we should go to Mark's house to get his version of what Jesus says about death. Mark 5.39
When he came in, he said to them, Why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. Luke 8.52 Now all wept and mourned for her. But he said, Do not weep. She is not dead, but sleeping. Perhaps Paul saw it differently. 1 Corinthians 11.30 For this reason many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. 1 Thessalonians 4.14 For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. I think that raising the dead is not for the benefit of the dead one, but to demonstrate the gospel and power. When Lazarus came back, did they not try to kill him again? John 12:9-11. Was it Jesus' intention to bring Lazarus back so that he could look death in the face again? Nope, but to show that he is a resurrection and that death has no part in him. We go through the death door to take a nap, a long-awaited nap. So in continuing in this theme for another moment, we can see Samuel's response when Saul woke him up from his nap. 1 Samuel 28:15. Now Samuel said to Saul, Why have you disturbed me by bringing me up? Well, that's it for today. Remember, it's not what you find wrong or disagree with regarding these messages, but what you can take away from it. Together we can do more to impact the kingdom than if we work alone. Let's flip the script and kill, steal, and destroy the works of the enemy and create space for the light of lights to shine through into people's lives. Plant a seed and click on the like and subscribe button. Let's build this ministry together. Thanks and see you next time in deep waters.